0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Good News Digest. My name is Ray Sauls. I am your host. I will be sharing actual testimonies of miracles that I have prayed for personally, or, in some cases, miracles that have happened to people that I know. These are not coincidences. They are actual miracles. I have so many to share that I had to break them up into small groups that I call buckets. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and hit that like button. It will help others to get notifications of new releases. Thank you. Okay, here we go. I hope that you enjoy these. This is about when God spoke to me the first time. One rainy night in January 1966, I was driving home in my Volkswagen Beetle, pedal to the metal, doing about 65 miles an hour. Out of nowhere, I heard a masculine voice say, change lanes. I didn't question the voice. I just changed lanes. A few seconds later, whoosh, I missed a red floral couch in the speed lane. I couldn't believe what I had just seen. Where did that come from? Who uttered those words? Can't be God. I didn't believe in him. Yet, I cannot deny what happened or what I heard. I was tired. Maybe it was all in my head, I reasoned. I didn't hear that voice again for quite a while. Then, in March 1967, I heard the voice again. It was on a mountaintop in Vietnam. I was in the Army Infantry, and this was my first night as a combat photographer. I was somewhat nervous about my new job, but was glad to be doing something exciting. I had tied my poncho between a couple of trees and was lying on my air mattress, which I had just inflated. The evening sun was filtered by the trees, and I was beginning to relax. This isn't too bad, I thought. Blam! I didn't move. My mind raced to determine what I just heard. Blam! There it was again. This time, I heard shrapnel ripping through the trees. I realized that I was on the receiving end of a mortar attack. Suddenly, I heard the voice again. Get out now! I didn't hesitate. I grabbed my helmet, and I ran some for some boulders 20 feet away. I dove into a crevice and waited until it was over. It lasted about 20 minutes. Less than 10 rounds were dropped on us. It was a greeting from the North Vietnamese Army, the NVA, letting us know they not only knew where we were, but they had us zeroed in. Someone shouted, All clear, and I returned to my tent only to find my poncho was in shreds and my air mattress had holes all over it. One piece of shrapnel was as large as the palm of my hand and would have practically cut me in half. For the next few days, I wonder who or where did that voice come from and why didn't anyone else hear it? For the next six months, I continued taking pictures of the men around me and I got many pictures printed in the Ivy Leaf, which was the 4th Infantry Division newspaper, and Stars and Stripes, which was an Army newspaper published around the world. I enjoyed my job so much that I decided to extend my stay in Vietnam for six months. That was in September 1967. I sat at a table across from the company clerk who had written the extension document. He handed me the pen. I put the pen to the paper and heard the the voice say, Go home. I looked around. No one was there except the clerk who was busy doing something else. I put the pen to the paper. Again I heard the voice in a strong directive say, Go home. I put the pin down, and I told the clerk that I had changed my mind. The following day, I was on my way home to Virginia. Six weeks later, I saw the aftermath of a battle on TV. My unit had lost more than 200 killed, and I have no idea how many were wounded. All to take a little hill in the middle of the jungle. I realized that voice had saved my life not once or twice, but three times in a year and a half. I had no idea who it was. Duh. I did not hear the voice again until August 1981. By this time, Einstein, me, came to the understanding that there really is a God, and he had a son named Jesus. I was praying one night for something that was very important to me at the time. I don't remember what it was today. Suddenly, I heard the familiar voice again. Ray, he said, would you like to be one of my ministers? Without hesitation, I said, yes, Lord. He continued, are you going to do it by polluting my air? I was a heavy smoker. What does my word say? Oh, it says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Uh, That was from 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7. I had memorized that just a few weeks before. I realized he was talking about my pipe. I replied, Oh, Lord, I love my pipe. How about if I just smoke at home? His reply pierced me, and I knew I could not bargain with him. Hypocrite, he replied firmly. I submitted. All right, Lord. I will never put tobacco to my mouth again. When I was in Vietnam, I was up to four packs of luckies a day. I switched to a pipe to wean myself from cigarettes. My gurgling lungs got better, but my mouth and throat troubled me some. I realized that if I had not obeyed, I probably would have come down with cancer. Again, my life was more than likely saved. These four incidents were audible. At least, I thought they were. But actually, they were heard in my head. I thought that this was how God speaks to people. I was puzzled when I learned that most Christians never hear from God at all. I had even had ministers tell me that God does not speak to people today and He does not perform miracles either. I was even thrown out of one church when I said that I believe in miracles. You would think that I was spreading heresy. I was learning to hear Him speak to my spirit, and again my life was spared when one day after work I went out to my car. We had just had a thunderstorm, and steam was rising from the road. As I got into my car, I had a feeling that I should not leave yet, so I said, Okay, Lord, I will rest for a while. I waited about 15 minutes. Then I put the keys into the ignition and started the car. I did not feel like anything was wrong, so I went on my way home. I was taking a back road, when I crested a hill and there was a policeman with a flare in the road. I dropped out of Mach 1 and hit the brakes. I came to a stop just a few feet from a Cadillac that was sideways in the road. That made five times that he saved me from a horrible accident, probably death. I have been a Christian for more than 40 years now and I am still learning how to hear the Lord. He speaks to all of us, I believe, Christians and non-Christians. Those that hear and obey avoid certain trouble. Those that do not, well, you can draw your own conclusions. In John 10:27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. In Psalms, it is written, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. That verse is repeated in the New Testament book of Hebrews twice. I think God wants us to hear him. This next miracle is about the time God healed my back. In 1977, I suffered a spinal injury. How it happened is not important, but I ruptured a disc in my lower back. I did not have insurance, so surgery was out of the question. As time passed, it got so bad that I could barely walk. Frequently, the pain was so bad that my wife could see me crying as I went to work. I stood or sat at a drawing board all day with no position that would bring relief. With a wife and two daughters, I could not give up, so I pressed on. During that time, I was reading the Bible to find errors so that I could stick it in my wife's face to prove that God was not real. After a year of reading the Bible and other books, I surrendered and admitted that there is indeed a God. Believing in Jesus and the virgin birth took some convincing, though. I came to an understanding of the reality of God by reading fulfilled Bible prophecies. I would find a prophecy and compare it to history. The proof was right there in the encyclopedia or history books. Finally, I found a book by Josh McDowell entitled Evidence That Demands a Verdict. There was a section dedicated to Bible prophecy with the histories printed together. This made my research much easier. Sadly, in subsequent reprintings of that book, the section of prophecies was omitted. Well, I considered the prophecies and realized that without God speaking them into being, they would not have happened So, I concluded that God, who spoke the prophecies into being, could just as easily impregnate a virgin the same way. With this revelation, I drove to the construction site of our new home and prayed for the first time in my life. It was a beautiful October day in 1981. I accepted Jesus as my Savior on the day that the foundation to our home was poured. Somehow, I felt that was noteworthy. My back injury deteriorated to the point that I could not bend or pick up my three-year-old daughter. When I walked over the construction site, I had to take baby steps to avoid uncertain terrain. In addition to a full-time job, I was also the building contractor by day and a Bible reader at night. One night I was reading my Bible and found a verse in Hebrews 13:8. Jesus Christ the same, yesterday, today, and forever. That caught my attention. If Jesus went about healing all that came to him 2,000 years ago, then he will heal today and tomorrow. I sat there soaking in what I had just realized and decided to pray about this. I flipped to John eight thirteen through 32 If you continue in my words, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I flipped to John 14, verses 13-14. through 14. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, That will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything according to my name, I will do it. Meditate on what you just heard. The Son of God just made a promise. If you pray in His name, of course you have to have faith, He will do it. I didn't have to look any further. As far as I could tell, this was a done deal. I pointed to the verses in the Bible, and I read them out loud to the Lord. I told him, Jesus healed people 2,000 years ago, and I believe he will do it today. Lord, I ask you that you heal my back in Jesus' name. With that being said, I carefully got up and went to bed. The next morning when the alarm went off, I reached out with my arm to turn it off and I started going through my morning ritual of balancing my body as I pushed up with my right arm. Usually at this point I would start feeling the pain in my back. Not today. I felt no pain as I stood up. Then I remembered my prayer from the night before. I said, Lord. If I am healed, then I can do this. And with that, I bent over and touched my toes. I had not done that for four years. There was no pain. God had healed my back while I slept. I had only been a believer for about two weeks, so you can't say that I had developed deep faith. I did not know that divine healing was something we could pray for. At first, I was overjoyed. And then, as I thought about my years of suffering, I got angry. Not at God. I got angry at Christians. It seemed to me that they had secret knowledge about divine healing and kept it to themselves. Why didn't they share this knowledge with the unbelieving? It was several months before I went to church. My wife was a Methodist, so that is where we went. They were such good people and loving. I couldn't wait for church and all the various meetings. I shared with the Sunday school class what God had done for me. Some believed me, and some did not. By this time, I was deep in Bible study. We had been t- attending for two years when I had a chat with a minister who told me that healing went out with apostles and God no longer speaks to people today. I had trouble with all of this. It is in the Bible. He is a minister. Certainly he reads the Bible. One Sunday he announced from the pulpit that God loved everyone so much that he will not send anyone to hell. The following Sunday, we started going to a different church. That was the beginning of our search for a church that believes the Bible. Well, I have gotten off the subject, so I will end this diatribe. Hosea 3.6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. What he did 2,000 years ago... He will do today. This next miracle is about the time my car broke down on the highway. Once I was driving home from work in a little foreign car that I had bought. I had just given it a tune-up a few days before. I had noticed the ground wire going to the points looked like it had been pinched. I finished the tune-up and the car ran fine so I just shrugged and closed the hood. Little did I know, a few days later, this wire would break. As I was saying, I was coming home from work, and I could feel the engine missing. It got worse, so I pulled over. I did not use credit cards in those days, so I could not afford road service. So I did what any desperate Christian would do. I prayed. I asked the Lord to send an angel to help me by fixing the engine just long enough to get me in my driveway. I turned the key, and it started right up. I revved the engine and proceeded home. I pulled up in the driveway, parked the car, and turned it off. I waited a moment, and I turned on the key. It would not start. I opened the hood and removed the distributor cap. The wire going to the points was severed in half. It was impossible for it to run. I chuckled. The Bible says, what is impossible for man is possible with God. Now this next miracle is about a car that my wife wanted. I call it Judy's Ford My wife, Judy, had been driving our aging Plymouth. It was dying, so she sat down and made a list of things she wanted in a newer car. First, she wanted a Ford station wagon with an automatic transmission. It had to have air conditioning. In those days, this was an option. She also wanted a push-button radio with a cassette player. She presented me with her list of car wants, and I told her I couldn't afford it. Judy was a stay-at-home mom in those days, so with one income, it was difficult to buy what we wanted when we wanted it. Disappointed, she walked away. Judy has always been a powerful prayer person, so she then took her list to the Lord About a week later, I was driving home from work when I had a thought invade my mind. I didn't hear a voice, but I knew this was the Lord telling me to buy Judy a car. He even showed me in this thought where I was to buy the car. That night, I told Judy after dinner, and she was glad to jump in the car and go with me. We went to a local Lincoln Mercury dealer. She told the salesman what she wanted, and he said that he had a car just like that, but no one seemed to be interested in it. He brought it around, and we drove it in the neighborhood, and I made an offer. After a little haggling, it was a done deal. It was not very old, but we got it for $4,000. She got everything she wanted, a Ford station wagon with an automatic transmission, air conditioning, and a push-button radio with a cassette tape player. I knew that I would be buying the station wagon when she told me that she had prayed about it. I prayed for it to be affordable. We both got what we wanted. Thank you, Lord. Okay, the next miracle is quite unusual. It's about raising the dead. Uh, I think you'll find it interesting. My youngest daughter, Amy, loves pets. She has had a turtle, finches, a lovebird, horses, pigs, turkeys, chickens, dogs, and a gerbil. This story is about the gerbil. One afternoon, I was in my loft reading. I heard Amy accusing her sister Renee of killing her gerbil. She started getting pretty loud as she voiced her accusations. I went down and asked what was going on and she dropped the lifeless body of her gerbil in my hand. Renee apologized for dropping the pet on the floor. I rolled it between my hands for a moment, hoping to get it to breathe. It was not responding. If you have ever held a gerbil, then you know that their little motor, the heart, beats real fast. Amy looked up at me and said, pray, Daddy, pray. OK, why not, I thought. I put my other hand over it so it couldn't jump up out of my hand. And I prayed a very simple prayer. I reminded the Lord that Amy loves this little critter. I reminded him that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And I was asking him to raise the pet from the dead and heal it. Then, when I had said, Amen, the gerbil moved. Its motor was running, barely. The legs were moving, but it couldn't get up. I put my hand back over it, and I asked the Lord to heal it completely. I felt it stirring, and I removed my hand to see it. It ran up my arm, and I gave it to my daughter, who thanked the Lord and thanked me. I went back to my reading, but could not concentrate. My mind was on what the Lord had done. We are at the bottom of this bucket, but there are more buckets of miracles that you may listen to. I hope that you choose another one. Enjoy.